Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT podcast is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. The MCAT podcast, session number 28. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. And welcome to the MCAT podcast. We are part of the MedEd Media Network. We have several podcasts for you the pre-med student. Go check out everything we do over at mededmedia.com. This week, we're going to jump right into another exciting episode of the MCAT podcast. All right, Brian, we're back with more MCAT questions. Are you excited? I am very excited. And what I want to start us off with uh, for today's podcast is a bunch of uh, bio-discrete questions. Of course, everybody knows that um, there's biology, you know, number one with a bullet in terms of the content you have to know, and the discrete questions are really going to test uh, the application and recall of that information. And so, uh, Ryan, after all the challenging stuff we looked at in the past few podcasts, I decided to change it up a little. Uh, and what we're going to look at, and, and of course the listeners can download the handout, is actually some more straightforward questions, meaning these are questions that in our test system – uh, generally, 80% or even more than 80% of students are getting right. So I, I'm not going to call them easy because, of course, they're only easy if you know the answer. But the point of us doing some more straightforward questions together is just to illustrate that in the competitive world of, of MCAT prep, you can't leave any of these points on the table. Right. If you get a question that seems fairly straightforward from a fact, then you, you have to get it because everyone else is. Yeah, so these ones are the are the just the the fat slow pitch softball thrown right there for you to hit out of the park. Yeah, or at least make contact. Right? You got to get on, <laughs> got to get on base with these questions. And and Ryan, you want to lead us off with, with number twenty nine here? Yeah. So question twenty nine: When normal human cells are grown in culture, they will divide a limited number of times, typically fifty rounds of mitosis. After this number is reached, the cells become apoptotic. This cell death is a result of, and then we have decreasing number of membrane-bound organelles per cell, decreasing number of non-membrane-bound organelles per cell, decreasing levels of growth, growth hormone, chromosomal telomeres shortening after each round of division. Now, okay, so Ryan, now Brian, I, I want to try to answer this, mm -hmm. and just from my limited knowledge of going back to this i i have an understanding that it's the the shortening telomeres that are causing issues with aging so i'm gonna go with d and perfect there you go exactly so you and 83 percent of next step students got that one right 
Uh, and this is just an important, you know, bio biochem genetic fact that that senescence, that aging process in cells, is due to telomere shortening. Absolutely right. Yeah, and there's lots of interesting science behind trying to prevent that and and lengthen our lives. Yep, absolutely. And of course, the question is, well, why can't you just make them longer? And of course, uh, uncontrolled chromosomal alteration and lengthening in addition is what we know is cancer, right? So you can't, <laughs> you can't just go in there and muck about with no problems. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll, I'll read number 30 for us. A student finishes an experiment involving several bacteria which are highly pathologic in humans. She wishes to dispose of the agar plates and micropipette tips she used. Which of the following procedures should she carry out? A. Microwave all materials for more than 60 seconds. B. Wipe down all materials with a 100% ethanol solution. C. Place all materials in a biohazard bag and autoclave the bag. And D. Place all materials under a UV light for 90 seconds. So, Ryan, what do you think? <laughs> um, interesting. She wants to dispose of them. Oh, man. I would I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. embarrass myself if I don't know it. <laughs> okay, no fair enough. So you, this, this is one of the classic just lab procedure questions, right? You have to know kind of the mechanics of life in the lab, and this is one of the hallmarks of the new version, the the, the post 2015 version of the MCAT as opposed to the old version, which was more textbooky. So there's a lot of these questions where just, you know, have you spent time in the lab recently? Do you know how that works? And so in this case, if you ever have biohazard that you have to dispose of, you absolutely autoclave it. I mean, there's no second best choice. There's no alternative. Your every lab in the universe has an autoclave for a reason, and it's to dispose of biohazard like this. And so the right answer would be C, place all the materials in a biohazard bag and autoclave the bag. That's what I would have gone with if I wanted to guess. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you, want, you want to give us number 45 there? Sure. It says, in a population of Amish people, the frequency of the recessive autosomal allele for polydactyly is 1.2%. What percent of the population are carriers for this gene? Oh, you're going to make me do this one too? <laughs> no, it, this is actually the, the hardest one of the set we're going to look at. On, only about 70%, a little less than 70% of students got this one right. Uh, and so this one is what we call a Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium, right? There's a bunch of different percentages as an answer. Uh, and we're told that the recessive allele has a frequency of 1.2%. Uh, and since all of the recessive and all the dominant alleles in the universe have to add up to 100%, that means the frequency of the dominant allele is 98.8%, right? So you got the 98.8% dominant plus 1.2% recessive, giving you 100% of all the people. Mm -hmm. Um, the extra bit is just remembering what the mathematical term is for the carriers, in the Hardy-Weinberg equation. So the equation, uh, the listeners may remember, is usually expressed as P squared plus 2PQ plus Q squared equals 1, or 100%. Mm -hmm. And so in that, to be a carrier, right, means to be a heterozygote, to have both of the genes. So that is that term in the middle of the equation, usually written as 2PQ, where 2 is just the number 2, P is the... the um, percentage of dominant and Q is the percentage of recessive. So in this case, the dominant was 
0.8% or 0.988. The recessive was 1.2% or 0.012. And the thing about these calculations for the MCAT is you don't have to go into super detail. You can kind of round things off. So 2PQ is 2 times 0.988 times 0.012. And that 0.988 in the middle, we'll just round that up to 1. So the equation becomes 2 times 1 times 1%, roughly. In other words, 2%, right? 2 times 1 times 1. So you can ignore all the little decimals, all the little fiddly bits, and just say, well, it's going to be about 2% of carriers. And when you look at the answer choices, the answer choices are really spread out. Choice A is 0.01%. Choice B is 1%. Choice C is 2%. Choice D is 97%. And again, there's some decimals there, but we're going to ignore them. Because answer choice C is the only one that's anywhere close. That's a little over 2%. At what point for these types of equations do you get in trouble by rounding like that? It depends entirely on how spread out the answer choices are. Um, so you, you'll see some physics problems, for example, where the answer choices are literally thousands of times bigger and smaller than each other. You know, blah, blah, blah times 10 to the 10, blah, blah, blah times 10 to the 15. You're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, 10,000 times uh, different from each other. Uh, so in that case, you can afford to round off ruthlessly. Uh, here, where the answers were 0.01, 1, 2, and 98. Even the two answer choices that were closest together, one and two, is a 100% difference, right? Double one answer choice to the next. So you can round off pretty aggressively. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last one? All right. Last one, 46. Ryan, why don't you take a crack at that one? <laughs> All righty. Those I, – I think when people listening to this are going to be like, wow, Dr. Gray doesn't know anything. <laughs> But that's okay. I'm here for you. It says those species that are capable of both sexual and asexual reproduction will typically prefer sexual reproduction because it A, increases the likelihood of each individual offspring surviving, B, increases the likelihood of beneficial mutations, C, creates more variation in the next generation, or D, takes less time to complete and what do you think? What would you go with there? Oh, let's see. Let me read the question again. Capable of both sexual and asexual reproduction. I want to know what species those are. Uh, <laughs> it's like bugs mostly, I think. Yeah. Uh, slugs or something, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, typically prefer sexual reproduction because it, um, I, would, um, I would say C. There you go. More variety in the next More generation. More variety in the next generation. Absolutely. And the trap answer here, the one that gets, you know, maybe 10 or 15 percent of students to pick it is choice A, that it increases the likelihood of each individual offspring surviving. But of course, we know evolution doesn't work on that level, right? It cares about whole populations, whole cohorts of individuals and the likelihood of survival, uh, not one individual necessarily surviving. Um, and so when we think about the genetics that's on the MCAT, it's not really an ecology question. It's not even so much an evolution question as it is just understanding the mechanics of that genetic reshuffling that happens during sexual reproduction and why we go to so much effort, right? I mean, peacocks growing those enormous tails and, and bowerbirds building those huge nests and these enormous 
metabolic costs that animals put into the entire dance of of sexual reproduction what's the point the point is so that the next generation of animals has more variety is more adaptable to changing environmental conditions uh and in fact that variety is so critically important uh that sexual reproduction strategies as we know just from looking at nature are vastly more successful yeah all right we went from mcat to talking about sexual reproduction so there you go. Always a good note to end a podcast on. <laughs> another, another great discussion. Thanks, Brian. Sure thing. All right. There you go. Again, you can find out everything that we talked about, the questions and everything you can get on the show notes page at themcatpodcast.com. Each episode has its own page. Go find this episode and download the actual questions from that page. I want to take a second and thank a few people that have left left us ratings and reviews in iTunes. If you would like to do that, go into iTunes, search for the MCAT podcast and click ratings and reviews and then write a review. We have one here from Lane Bush that says, a must. I'm so excited about this podcast with the amazing Ryan Gray at the helm. <laughs> okay, I'm sure the MCAT podcast will be just as helpful as the pre-med years. If you're not taking the MCAT, you should be uh, if you are taking the MCAT, you should be waiting with bated breath for every episode. Thanks, Lane, for that. And we have one here from SARXWS that says, gonna be amazing. So I guess these people, th- these are older reviews that left. I haven't read any yet. These uh, were left before I actually launched the MCAT podcast. So people that were listening before, thank you for that. We have one here from Zick8072 that says, full of great info. I always imagine Dr. Gray's podcast to be like a personal weekly phone call from a very knowledgeable mentor. Thank you for that review. That's awesome. And we have one here from Burhan22 that says, I appreciate the hard work that Dr. Ryan Gray and his fellow partners have put on this podcast. So yes, thank you, Brian and Next Step Test Prep for doing this podcast with me. I couldn't do it literally without you. All right, if you would like to leave a rating and review, again, go into iTunes, search for the MCAT Podcast, and click on Write a Review. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you join us next week here at the MCAT Podcast.